Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... I actually met my wife on CatholicSingles.com, if you can believe that. Really? And about Yes, I had never done that before. Didn't have any problems with dating. Natalie and Aaron met on CatholicSingles.com after they realized that they needed to find someone who shared their faith. Meet other faithful Catholics on the original Catholic dating site. Download our app today for free. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.com. Dot app slash breadbox. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Lisa Hendy and Friends show. Very excited to bring a new guest onto the episode this week. We're joined by Leanne Tiemann, and Leanne is a Hall of Fame speaker, author, and nurse who was accidentally caught up in rescuing 300 babies during the Vietnam Orphan Airlift in 1975. Through God's grace, Leanne is living proof that God uses ordinary people to accomplish extraordinary things. Her presentation and writings fill people with hope and love, nourishing their souls and deepening their faith lives. And she joins us on the show today, especially to discuss this beautiful brand new book that she's done with Sophia Institute Press called Everyday Catholicism, Seeing God's Action in Our Lives. Welcome to the show, Leanne Tiemann. Thank you so much. It is my joy and privilege. Well, thank you. And as I understand it, now this is one of a series of books and the first of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series to be specifically a Catholic book. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, Chicken Soup of um, Enterprises asked me to write Chicken Soup for the Soul, Living Catholic Faith. And when I did so, I collected 2,000 stories if you can imagine, from Catholics all over the country and parts of the world. And I had to choose the top 101 to put in the book, which was fabulous. I mean, what a great job to be able to read that many stories of inspiring faith. And then after that, I called the publisher and said, we could write another book just on miracles. And they said, okay, let's do it. And I called them again and I said, I have so many fabulous stories from these Catholics. We could write a book called Chicken Soup for the Soul answered prayers, and they said, let's do it. And the wonderful thing now is that Sophia Institute Press has taken stories from all three of those books and put them in a beautiful series now um, for Catholics. And 
and it's just uh, most exciting to see it now from a Catholic publisher that can inspire and share it even more with all of my my sisters and brothers in faith. That's so beautiful. So I think most people will probably have heard of Chicken Soup for the Soul, but give us an idea for anybody who hasn't of what that, basically what those types of stories um, are like and what a book filled with those stories would include. Well, the book started over 25 years ago, and they are all true, 100% true stories that people share. Sometimes almost unbelievable stories. Um, as a matter of fact, sometimes people would tell me, this story can't be true. And I would say, well, you can't make this stuff up because God is so marvelous. He makes amazing things happen. So that's when the books were first started. They just started Chicken Soup for the Soul. There's this old saying, you know, that, that the best thing when you're sick is to have chicken soup. Well, these stories nurture you and your soul. So they called that series Chicken Soup for Your Soul. I want to share that um, I was sharing some um, snippets from this this book, Seeing God's Action in Our Lives, with my parents. My parents are currently li- living in an assisted living facility. And um, due to the current, well, as you and I record, we're in the height of the coronavirus um, beginning to um, spread across the country. I hope that by the time this airs, that will be calm. But at the moment, things are anything but calm. And my, my parents are essentially on lockdown in their assisted living facility. And gratefully, I put one of those Alexa devices in their room um, at the beginning of the year. And I can, I can drop into their room anytime and see them and they can see me. And we actually were reading some stories from your book today. Um, and I found them just the perfect thing to read because they're they're short enough that you can get through them, you know, in a in a brief amount of time. But they're so thought provoking that they inspire, you know, great conversations. I'm curious about how you selected the the stories for this particular part about seeing God's action in our lives. Well, you know, that was the brilliance of Sophia Institute Press. They looked at all three books and they wanted them, this book, to be a combination of the Catholic, and of course, they're all Catholic stories, but some unanswered prayers and some are miracles. And so there's just a, a real wide variety of things that some people would call a coincidence, and we know better. Those are God's little winks throughout our lives and um, his little divine appointments. And everything from those to, I mean, apparitions and huge miracles. And they took great care in creating this book to make sure that there's a variety from all three of those books. And from, and from all, the wonderful thing is, is this, these books are fabulous for people who are cradle Catholics like me, who never went through a, a faith-doubting period, thank you, Jesus. But for those who have fallen away from the church, those who are seeking... Um, lots of people tell me in my mail that their faith has been so reaffirmed and that they gave some of these books to people whose faith were wavering, or those who've stepped away from the church, and how it inspires them to be reconnected again. I'm curious, as the curator of the story, because you are a storyteller yourself, your presentations and your work speaking nationwide um, really point to that. So how do you decide what would make a story that would fit into something like this? What are the elements that you're looking for? Well, when I teach people how to write a story, or very often people tell me, I have a story, I don't know how to tell it. So then I have the privilege of helping them write it. And it requires a few things. One is, I tell people that there's difference between recounting an incident 
and sharing a story. Um, a story has sort of a, a plot, a, a this was happening and then this happening, and then in conclusion, this is what happened in the end kind of a thing. And every single story in every one of my books with these true stories has hope at the end. Even if it's a sad story or a story of loss, uh, every story is filled with an element of hope in in God. And that's what really sets the, this series apart. I guess I want to know logistically, too, like, how do you go about collecting 2,000 stories from people of faith? And did you just put out a big cattle call and say, hey, contact me if your faith means something to you? Or what what does that look like? Yes, initially, when I was first, my my first book was Chicken Soup for the Soul for Nurses. And I was speaking to a lot of nurses then, so I would tell every audience to send me their stories. Now, Chicken Soup is so organized and so huge that they actually have a place on their website where people can submit their stories. And so they simply do a call-out to everyone who's ever submitted a story to them, which is now thousands and thousands, and saying, this is the book we are working on. And then it was my privilege to, I wanted to make sure that we had a big variety uh, there's some there are really funny stories in here, some funny first confession stories for as a matter of fact. I wanted to make sure that all the sacraments were covered that and that, that we have stories that appeal to every age group. There are stories about little kids and stories about the elderly. There's stories about the faith filled and those that are doubting. so the the challenge is always and the privilege is always to make it a a great variety so that everyone finds a piece of themselves in these books. I'm kind of curious, and turning to your story, I mean, this very dramatic um, operation that you were involved in, the airlifting of those precious babies, and then a career in nursing. How do you feel like those um, phases of your life prepared you for what you're living right now in the work that you're doing? I love to say this often. Isn't it wonderful to look back at all those eclectic, varied things that happened in your life and realize that all along, God was grooming you for what he's calling you to do right now. Um, I had gone, I volunteered to go to Vietnam and bring six babies back for adoption. I was a volunteer for an organization that did so. But when I got there, President Ford had okayed Operation Baby Lift, and I was told I won't help to bring out six, I will help to bring out 300. And there was bombs dropping outside the city. Never did I guess that that story would impact my whole life. In the midst of that whole chaotic event, the little boy we'd applied to adopt in about three years picked me, <laughs> and I came home with a son. So wow. God called me to do something little that turned out to be something big, and I thought that was the end of the story until I wrote our story about Operation Babylift and getting Mitch. And when I published that book, God had a complete career change for me. I began speaking full-time, writing full-time, and um, to your point, that we, you never know what God is calling us to do, and isn't it great to look back and see He's groomed us for it all along. And that first book, This Must Be My Brother, um, is that, I'm assuming it's definitely still available. It sounds like a very compelling story. It's an amazing story. Yes, it's it, and all these books are on Amazon as well. 
Great. I'm going to have to read that because I grew up in Orange County, California. and um, Oh, you got lots of them. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and actually, my parish, I went to a church called St. Barbara's. Um, we had a b- wonderful, beloved Irish pastor who was one of the very first um, in the community to go down to Camp Pendleton and begin um, encouraging families to sponsor other families out of the camp. So bringing refugees um, into our community. And I, I lived in West Minster, which is now, if, if you drive on the freeway down there, you'll see a sign that says Little Saigon. They've they've all really settled in what was my home area, and I've long had a, a love for their culture, which is a very faithful culture as well. Um, Indeed. I, I'm curious, in this book, are there any stories that really um, that we read and seeing um, God's action in our lives that really stuck with you? Well, they, of course they all do, but when I say it appeals to every type of person and all. One, one of my very uh, f- favorites briefly was they were um, teaching a catechism class, this, yeah, this couple, and they told their seven-year-olds, let's all pick something that we are going to ask for. We'll all pick the same thing, and then we'll watch it come to fruition. Well, somebody said a vacation, somebody said a party, somebody said snow. Well, they live in East Texas, but they all prayed collectively for snow. <laughs> and so this wonderful couple also ministered in um, a prison, and they went to talk to some young men there and then told them what the little kids in their catechism class had hoped, had prayed for, and the young, the two young men said, well, you lied to them, and you, you even, even God can't do that. You lied to them. It's never going to snow in Texas. But on Good Friday, the temperature dropped from 70 degrees, and here came the first snowflake the next day. And it snowed all day on Holy Saturday. Wow. And then the little kids went before the entire church and said, we prayed for this in November, and God made it happen. Aww. And then they went back to the prison and, and told to meet with the, the two young boys. Well, of course, they had already noticed it. As soon as they got there, he said, one boy said, we saw the snow. And the other one said, sorry we ever doubted you. <laughs> Actually, we're sorry we doubted God. He answered our prayers, too. Oh, that's so beautiful. Isn't it? Yeah. I, <laughs> and there's hundreds of those. In I, I'm just curious about what it must be like for you to sit as one who curates these stories. You know, most of these people, you'll never have the opportunity to meet in person. But have you heard from people whose stories were shared in the books that um, about what it means to them to have their faith story shared in this way? It Absolutely. And what the thing I hear very often from people is, uh, thank you, even if it doesn't get in the book, thank you for the privilege of allowing me to tell it, because I share, I encourage everybody to share their stories, because there's such a privilege, even in, in, in sharing it, when you put it down on paper and you express it yourself. And, and when I'm collecting stories, I often say to my audiences that, that um, you know, everybody has a story. No, I really no, I don't have a story. I don't have a story till one person starts to share a story, and then somebody else. Well, you know, something similar happened to me once, and suddenly we have the entire group all sharing their stories of faith, and that's what I encourage people to do um, always and together. I love it. Well, I'm so delighted to now have this book in my library. Um, Leanne, I'm wondering if there are kind of any closing thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners. Well, I think perhaps I just did. Uh, just the fact that um, we all have our stories. I think it's really, really important to share them. 
the Catholic Church has been through and continues to go through some pretty tough times, and people sometimes think about the hard things, and I would love us all to pay attention to the goodness and the glory and the good works of God and the Catholic Church, and these stories really, it's a four-book series, and the second book is out, and by the fourth book in this series, I think people will be reminded of all of those things and in their own lives to pay attention to and be thankful for the faith that we have. And the stories will help encourage and make that even grow. Well, I'm really grateful um, both both to have this book and, and to know of your work and your writing. We're going to point our listeners over to your websites. We'll have those linked up in the show notes, selfcareforhealthcare.com and leannteeman.com, which is not spelled the way you would expect it. So look at your look at your device and see how it's spelled there and then go to thatname.com. Leanne, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your gifts with us today. It's always my privilege. Thank you for yours and for sharing this wonderful message with the whole world. Oh, thank you. Well, friends, that is it for this week's episode of Lisa Handy and Friends. You can find all of our previous episodes, information about today's guest, Leanne Tiemann, and this beautiful book, Everyday Catholicism, Seeing God's Action in Our Lives, from Chicken Soup for the Soul and Sophia Institute Press. And you can find my contact information at lisahendy.com or just hit me up on social media at lisahendy. Until next time, have an awesome day and God bless. Teachings for an Unbelievable World is a newly discovered work written by St. John Paul II, then Archbishop Karl Wojtyla of Krakow, in the years just after Vatican II. This is the first English-language publication of this important work. In this hardcover book that Scott Hahn calls one of the greatest hidden treasures unearthed in our time, 13 brief homilies provide compelling teaching for Catholics in today's post-Christian world and give fresh insights into JP2's pontificate. You can get a copy of this important new book at AveMariaPress.com. Use code JP2Teachings. That's J-P-I-I-Teachings to get 20% off your copy today. Looking for exceptional coffee delivered fresh to your door? We have the answer. Our friends at Grim Bean Coffee produce small batch, artisan coffee using top-tier coffee beans. The coffee is roasted when you order, guaranteeing the freshest coffee possible. Check out Breadbox Roasts, a new line of Catholic-themed coffees available at www.grimbeancoffee.com forward slash breadboxmedia. Experience coffee like never before.